Nathan Diamond is with us live via telephone. Uh, as you know, he's the executive director for the Orthodox Union Advocacy Center. And uh, many of you are likely aware, if you follow the news, of a United States Supreme Court case, Groff versus DeJoy, regarding religious liberty and employment accommodations under the Title Seven of under Title Seven of the Civil Rights Act of 1964. The plaintiff seeks the Supreme Court's reconsideration of the precedent set in a case years ago. And uh, this is an important case for our community, and Nathan Diamond will explain why. A pleasure to welcome you back to JM in the AM. Good morning, Nachum. It's always great to be with you. I appreciate that. I thought all these accommodation cases are passe, <laughs> that, that if, uh, if, if someone needs reasonable accommodation, um, because of a disability, a handicap, if someone needs reasonable consideration because of a religious commitment and certainly one that's mainstream uh, in terms of you know well-known religions and religious practices, etc. I thought all that is basically covered till this point, and that you know with reasonable um, uh, with reasonable negotiation, uh, an employee has the ability to. Uh, to influence the employer to help them out in this area. Am I right or wrong? Um, Unfortunately, you're wrong. Um, That's not the state of the law. You're you're right in the sense that the United States is a country which has a tremendous amount of religious diversity, um, and people are good people, and they try to generally be accommodating, right? Right. Right. Um, But... uh, it, on a regular basis, I mean, just just this month, right? If in the United States, Pesach fell on fell on four weekdays right. in the last two weeks, right? And uh, and if and if you are somebody who is uh, well, doesn't work on on, on Yom Tov, uh, and you need a, a shift schedule because you're set to work certain days, if your boss did not want to be accommodating, um, and it was inconvenient for the boss. And that's the key thing. Um, the boss didn't really have a legal obligation under federal law to do anything. Um, because, as you mentioned, years ago, actually all the way back in 1977, I'll go back five. In 1972, Congress passed an amendment to the Civil Rights Act that said um, employers should accommodate an employee's religious needs unless doing that will impose what they said was, quote, an undue hardship on the employer. Right. And undue hardship sounds like, okay, it has to be difficult for the employer. But then five years later in a case in 1977, the Supreme Court then said, no, undue hardship doesn't mean really hard. It basically means almost any inconvenience to the employer. And so for these many years, um, again, employers might have chosen Right to accommodate. I just can't. I just it, can't believe that it stood until now. You're telling me that Groff versus DeJoy, this gentleman who doesn't want to, you know, deliver mail on Sunday, it, it has not been addressed by the Supreme Court since this type of case hasn't been addressed since the 70s. Uh, it basically has not. We, wow. we tried for many. We tried for many years to get it fixed legislatively by Congress, and for a variety of reasons, we couldn't get that legislation passed. Um, and we brought, we and others, but, uh, by the way, the, the, the entire spectrum of the religious American religious world, Christian, Muslim, Sikh, 
Jews, you know, and any others you can imagine have been working on this for years and filed briefs in the Supreme Court. Um, And we've tried to bring multiple cases. And now, finally, uh, the court is taking up the issue, right. um, oh, and we're, we're we're very we're very very grateful for that. Right. So it's a Christian mail worker who refuses to work on Sunday. That's a, I don't know. Maybe I said Saturday before. Anyway, it's a Christian mail worker refusing to work on Sunday. Groff versus DeJoy. Uh, first of all, you gotta. I'm sure the people listening right now who are who are in a state of panic. Who, who now realize that if they are getting the accommodation for Yuntif, as you just alluded to, or for any other type of religious situation, got to leave at 2 o'clock Friday in the winter, etc., they got to they gotta thank their lucky stars, right? Because, because the reality is if an employer, as you just said, can prove any type of slight inconvenience, they, they could squash the whole thing, right? Yeah. Now, by the way, just to also let your listeners know, we we have succeeded in uh, in a handful of states, including New York, including California, to actually pass state laws that right. have a tougher standard. Right. But in most of the country, that is true. And uh, you know, the listeners might also—I don't know if they find this ironic or not—but um, it wasn't that the post office wanted to deliver your regular mail on Sundays. The post office entered into a contract with Amazon right. to deliver Amazon package on, packages on Sundays. Right. <laughs> and that's what and that's what sparked this dispute with Mr. Groff. Right, because um, obviously there would never be mail delivery. And probably when he got the job, there was no mail delivery on Sunday. Yeah, yeah. That's what I would assume. Um, right? And by the way, it's not, it's not just and, and important. It's not just scheduling issues, right? It's, it's, it's a Muslim woman who wants to wear a headscarf. Right. It's a sick man that wants to wear a turban. Right. Um, and 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 so on and so forth. I don't and, know. Um, I I always thought once Yeshiva University basketball could wear kippot on the court, I always I always thought everything else was taken care of. What can I tell you? <laughs> Nathan Diamond is with us live via telephone. So, what's the status of Graf versus DeJoy right now? Right. So the oral arguments in the case were held yesterday at the Supreme Court. Um, and uh, if listeners are really interested, they can uh, they can. Uh, uh, go to C-SPAN's website and, and listen to the listen to the arguments, or they can or they can find the transcripts. But it was actually a very long argument. It was, it was almost two hours long. Um, and the interesting thing was that um, neither neither the the government's lawyer, uh, the solicitor general, who was representing the U.S. Postal Service because it's part of the U.S. government, um, nor any of the liberal or other justices were really defending the idea of this old 1977 case that really it should be almost at the whim of the employer as to whether there's an accommodation. Um, the discussion the, the, the government's lawyer was basically saying, you know, justices, actually things aren't so bad. Um, if you, the, the, she was claiming that if you look at how the EEOC, the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, um, handles these complaints and gives guidance to, to, to employers, they really push for more accommodation rather than less. Mm. Um, and the justices who were concerned about overturning the old case, again, they weren't saying, no, 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 we think people shouldn't be accommodated. It was more, you know, a, a broader issue about how they feel about overturning old precedents right. in general. Um, now, the reality is, uh, as, as far as the government lawyer's argument, from our perspective, you know, a lot of these cases never make it to court. A lot of these cases never make it to the EEOC. When I get an email or a phone call 
from someone um, who's in this situation and they ask me, like, what's the state of the law? If they're not in one of those states that I mentioned, I say, look, you, you have to do your best to negotiate with your employer. But really, the employer is holding all the cards. And, um, you know, hopefully they can work it out. But even if they can't work it out, those you know, they can't always bring a lawsuit. They can't always bring a federal complaint. And, and the real power of changing the rule is to help the employee when they walk into their manager's office that the manager feels that even if they don't want to, they really need to give an accommodation. Right. Um, there are probably people listening right now who are saying to themselves, well, with the makeup of this Supreme Court, they're definitely going to be, quote unquote, religion friendly and likely they will turn over the precedent. Uh, it should. Yeah, I would, I would say I would say I walked out of the argument yesterday feeling pretty confident that our side, so to speak, is going to win. But what was not clear, as is, is often the case, is, you know, how broad is the ruling going to be? Are they explicitly going to say, yes, we're overturning that old case and replacing it with something new? Or are they going to try to reinterpret that old case? Well, give me give me um, the, give me the options. I mean, l- legally, you know, w- what could happen? Like, what what's the range of, 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 of what could happen? Right. So the range is, they say, I mean, the most extreme thing in terms of how our side could lose would be the court could say, this is not a constitutional case, right? Status quo. This is a case about interpreting a law that Congress passed. And if we've misinterpreted the law all those years ago, Congress should rewrite the law. Right. It's not our job. And, 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 that es- and that essentially would mean status quo, right? And that would mean status quo. Right. Um, the other end, the, the extreme on the other end is for the court to say, yeah, the court was wrong in 1977. We're throwing that out and we're replacing that with a much tougher standard and to push employers much more strongly to accommodate their employees. Right. And, and that- then there's some and then there's and then there's somewhere in the middle, which is the court saying, oh, you did you know, that 1977 decision has been misunderstood all these years. Right. It really did not mean to put such a low standard in place. It really meant to put something of a stronger standard in place. And, you know, it's kind of, you know, uh, Goldilocks's um, middle bowl of soup or whatever it is. <laughs> it's, it's just funny because it's going to come – I mean, again, unless the court really does go in the direction of, you know, any, anything for any religious person – um, it's going to come down to what the definition of inconvenience is. It's going to come down to, you know, ju- judging, you know, what a minor inconvenience is compared to a major inconvenience. Well, well, even if they raise this, there, there's the law, even, even our arguments, uh, and the argument of all the religious advocates is not for a, a rule in which a religious employee gets to walk into their boss and say, my religion requires me to do X and you must let me do it. Right. Right. It's not an absolute. It's we, we can't have a scenario which is an absolute mandate because, you know, different situations are different, especially if, uh, depending on the size of the company. Right. You know, depending on what you're asking for. Right. So sure. these are very fact specific. Yeah. Context, I, I mean, Nathan, n- noon on, no matter what the standard. Yeah. Is. Noon on Friday is very different than two thirty on Friday in the winter, you know? <laughs> right. Right, I'm right. saying so, that. but 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 what again? The, but the important thing that we hope we will achieve in this ruling, which by the way um, will probably come out from the court at the end of June, right. um, is that they will shift 
the balance um, so that, again, the employers feel that they have more, uh, uh, they are prodded more to try harder to accommodate their employees, you know, rather than doing them a favor, basically. And they don't want to be the subject of the next court case, right? Right, exactly. Um, All right, before I let you go, uh, your comment, your comment about the fact that, you know, this country cares enough about religious accommodation that, uh, you know, they are legally ready to, you know, to, to create a situation that does put some pressure on employers to accommodate, mm-hmm. to accommodate their employees. Give me, give me the broader picture when you're sitting there and watching all this happen. No, again, the, 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 broad, the broader picture is uh, while, while these cases, you know, whether it's for Mr. Graff or for anybody else, are very, very difficult, and for the certainly for the person involved and, and for the communities that are impacted by them, overall, we're, we, again, are blessed to live in a country in which religious freedom and religious diversity yep. is valued you said and, and, and supported. Yep. You said it. You, uh, you took the pitch and you hit a home run. <laughs> and, and, and that's the point we gotta we gotta remember in the big picture that's really what it's all about and it's pretty remarkable frankly and i'll tell you another yeah. rem- remarkable thing uh as i discovered through this conversation is you know that, that there really has been no legal action on a national level since the 1970s um you, you gotta you, you gotta hand it to those the majority i would hope of employers out there that have been pretty accommodating because these cases or situations, I should say, you know, covered by local news, et cetera, are few and far between. Generally speaking, when people are, you know, handle things properly, the, the employers do come through. At least that's my impression. I hope I'm not wrong. Yeah, look, and it's also we're living in a time where, you know, employers, because of the nature of the job market and the economy and, and post-COVID and all that, right, employers are faced with, all kinds of demands and all kinds of needs right. to accommodate people, you know, on a whole range of issues that have nothing to do with religion, right. To get good workers. Right. And, uh, you know, we, we forget about whether you're religious or not, you know, people that don't want to commute in to, uh, right. to a downtown office five days a week or whatever it is. That's, that's the world that we're living in. And, and the labor to mark the labor market is also just a huge factor here. And if you're, if you're able to deliver, quality work for your employer um, and value for your employer. That's, that's the best, that's the best uh, in- incentive they have to keep you happy. Um, whether it's about those other issues or, or accommodating your religious needs. No, I hear that. All right. Uh, well, you, you've piqued my curiosity. Now that you've given me this education, I can't wait till June when they come out with the Groff versus the joy uh, uh, decision. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. We'll pay careful attention to it. And I thank you so much for joining us this morning. Always a pleasure to be with you, Nathan. Nathan Diamond is executive director for the Orthodox Union Advocacy Center. And this is, no doubt, as as was presented to us, this is an important case for our community going forward, even now in 2023. Um, uh, and even though it doesn't involve directly a member of our community, this is someone of the Christian faith, still obviously it's a case that we should watch closely uh, with both the curiosity and somewhat concern as well. More coming up. It's Wednesday. It's JM in the AM.